WQ253DF Memphis, Flynn Broadcasting Stations. Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett. Keith Smith joins us now from Track and the front office show like he does every single Thursday to talk the NBA and a lot to get to, a lot happening uh, across the association. But Keith, let's start off with the Memphis Grizzlies, a lot happening um, over the last couple of days. But it started with the news right after nine games after returning uh, to the floor. John Morant is now out for the season uh, with a shoulder injury. He had surgery this morning. Everything went well. Successful surgery um, was reported by the Grizzlies. So he's out for the rest of the season. And then earlier today, we also learned Marcus Smart, um, after what looked like to be uh, dislocating his finger, um, the other night against Dallas, he will be not back, but reevaluated in six mm. weeks. It just seems like this is what we've been talking about uh, really every single week with you. This team just cannot stay healthy. Yeah, I, I mean, we're at the point now, the wheels have come off, right? We're, we're yeah. this season, you hate to say this before you even hit the halfway point, but it's over for Memphis. They're, they're, they're already. Four and a half games out, I believe, of the final play-in spot. They have to climb a couple teams to even get there. So we're just in a spot where it's gone sideways on them. And you know, there's nothing that anybody did wrong necessarily as far as the injuries go or anything like that. Sometimes it just happens. So now you make the best of it. You get a chance to look at a lot of your younger guys and see what they look like. And then, you know, maybe you uh, fall into a pretty good draft pick and you pick yourselves up over the offseason, get ready to go for next year. And now the very potential of maybe uh, uh, Marcus Smart and, and dealing him, you can't because that the 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 valuation period gets outside of even the trade deadline, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're talking about six weeks before they're even going to look at it. So we're yeah. thinking, you know, that's well past the trade deadline because of the nature of the injury and the role he plays as a ball handler, or a guy who has you know the ball a lot to pass. Shoot and dribble. Uh, you're mm-hmm. in a spot where it's going to be very hard to trade him. So I think, think now what we're looking at is this kind of is what it is for for the Grizzlies. You're you're probably you know you might make a smaller move or two and move a couple other guys, but for the most part, you're going to run out there, do the best you can uh, each night, and kind of see where it goes. We were just talking earlier, Keith. That every year at this time. I think I say it, and Bryant says it, and so many people say it and feel it, that it's wide open in college basketball, and the bubble is always soft. And another thing always at this time, except for people like you that really know it, everybody thinks the draft doesn't offer very much. What does the draft offer in June? Yeah, it's funny. Every draft is, eh, it's an okay draft. And, you know, every once in a while, no you get one more people are like, this thing is loaded, and there's, you know, talent left and right and teams are going to be tanking day one of the season and everything else but this draft right now it's a little down uh you had a lot of guys reclassify over the last couple of years so you've seen some guys move in uh to other spots other draft classes you've also had a few guys who were the high recruits in this class did not really pan out and a couple of guys who went the g league route haven't really popped the way that other guys have that have gone that path so we're in a spot, though, where, you know, I was talking to somebody about this this morning, actually. And they're like, eh, it's the middle of January. 
every draft kind of in the middle of January. By the time June rolls around, we all kind of like it. We feel pretty good about, you know, 10 to 20 players. So basically what I'm feeling about this draft right now is it feels like we are lacking the stars at the top, but once you get past that part of it, we've got probably 10, 15 guys who are going to step into NBA roles and be really good role players in the NBA. Keith, do you think part of it, especially kind of this early into the process, is one, we don't have the, the mega superstar like we had in Victor Wimbanyama last year, but also, I mean, I, I've been looking at some of these mock drafts, some of the guys that are at the top of the list, and there's just not many guys in college basketball. Like you said, it's a lot of overseas guys. It's a lot of guys playing G League Ignite. Do you think that's part of, of where some of this, this draft is soft is because we're not seeing them on ESPN playing for Kentucky? For Duke, yeah, the image of it. Yeah, I think so. I think for you know your average fan who is all right, I'm going to tune in to you know a couple college games a week maybe, and mm-hmm. just to check out guys. Those guys just aren't there, right? You're having to go search out and find G League Ignite games, or go check out yeah. Alex Starr playing over in Australia, or try to go find uh, you know the guys that are playing over in France and the like. It's it's a really you know tough draft class. Uh, for, you know, college players this year, this, you know, we may see the top three, four guys all be selected from outside of the college ranks. And, and that's just, just this year. I don't, I don't know that that's going to be a continued thing year over year because a year from now, draft class, we're going to have Cooper Flag and then he's yeah. probably going to be the top pick and everybody's going to be lining up for him and he's going to be a college player. So it's just one of those years right now. I also saw the news today, Woj uh, put it out, that uh, there's been conversations and really kind of just waiting um, for a, uh, a sign-off from uh, the, the NBA Players Association um, to move the draft to a two-day period. And, and kind of, they haven't really said how they would do it, but now instead of having the draft one day, make it uh, two days. What do you make of that move? Are you in favor of them going to two days, or, or do you like what it is right now with just the one day and, and both rounds back? Back to back. I'm going to go in very open-minded and hope that it can be really good. My worry is that this is just a way for uh, the, the, the programming partners to fill in or late June, fill two nights of programming for a couple hours apiece, and push out a you know, couple-hour show, and we're just going to run through the draft picks very quickly. And instead of doing it in a five or six hour window in one night, it's all going to happen in about a you know four hour window spread over two nights. And then that part I don't love that idea. Yeah. If we lengthen it out and we actually get some real analysis on the draft picks and we get some real breakdowns on what some of these kids are, especially as we get later in the draft, I think that would just help fans too. I think fans sure. would like it. I mean, we've seen the NFL to draft. Learn about. People, mm-hmm. Yeah, people people watch the sixth and seventh round of the NFL draft still. Part of it is because they're dying for football at that point. But <laughs> but a lot of it is just, you know, hey, these guys are going to be in training camp. I want to know about them. Well, in the NBA, you're only talking two rounds. And, and we do see the second rounders pop sometimes. So I'd like to see them, to, as long as they devote a little bit more time, spend a little bit more time on the pick. There could be interesting things. We may see things. The biggest quote you hear after draft is, if we started it over right now, it would go completely different. And that's one of the things you may see teams with that pause say, and I didn't know we could have got that guy. Let's make a trade for him or something like that. So I think that's going to be a fun component, too. And, and Keith, we were talking about the kind of the unknown aspect 
to a lot of these players because they're not going through the traditional college ranks or maybe people aren't watching college basketball until around tournament time. So maybe if you did it over the, the two nights, we, we, if we, if, like you said, if we did it right, if we did it well, if we did it smartly, kind of Dick Ebersol at the Olympics up close and personal, and we really learned something, it, it, it may brand these guys as a little more known than you wait until – uh, they draft you, and you have the media availability in the local town, and then media day in September before you ever really know anything about your, your assets. Yeah, absolutely. You could have a carryover effect, too, where it's like, hey, I remember watching the 19 pick this guy, watched two, three minutes of highlights, and they talked to him. It really sounds like he could be an interesting fit. And now he's going to play for the team in Las Vegas. That summer yeah. getting, now I'm going to be interested, and there's going to be a carryover to that as well. So, you know, there, there's a thought process out there that the second round of the NFL, NFL, NBA draft is for the, uh, you know, the, the, the hardcore fans, the maniacs, the, the sickos like me that are like, man, I, I want to know every single one of these guys. And, and that, there's some truth to that. And I'll be honest, I like the idea. I still like the fact that, at, you know, 1230, 1 o'clock, sometimes 2 o'clock Eastern, it, you know who really loves this stuff because they're still up. You know, they're still watching, yeah. they're still talking about it, but it, it, I'm okay with them changing it up. Let's see how it goes. And I trust in the NBA's ability to to try something new. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll tweak it and we'll try something a little bit different and we'll go. It's like the All-Star game. They did the draft thing for a couple of years. It was kind of interesting and fun. And now we're going to get back to normal a little bit more. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to see them keep tweaking and adjusting these things to try to deliver the best product possible. And we know you were watching live today with the game in Paris uh, at, in a, at Acor Arena. I think that's the old uh, Palais Omnisport in Paris. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that, but I was definitely watching the game today. It was a uh, you know interesting that they, they got to see a uh, full scale NBA fight, and I'm putting fight in quotes very much. <laughs> yeah, um, hold that. me back. Mm-hmm. You know couple guys got into it there a little bit but you know interesting game the nets are they're struggling right now they're, they're really having a hard time they did their their offense isn't very good they've got a lot of overlapping guys i, I think that's a team that's probably going to do some stuff here over the next few weeks leading into the trade deadline because i think they're just in a really messy spot and then you've got the uh the, the Cavs. they're playing pretty good ball right now even even though Darius garland's out evan mobley's out They've been playing pretty good, and they're, they're really starting to, you know, figure things out. And they put themselves right in, firmly in the mix for in the Eastern Conference, somewhere between the four and uh, five, six seed there in the in the top half of the East. And that's important because that keeps you out of the playing stuff. Keith, I was right about Accor Arena in in Paris at Palais Omnisport, and how did I know that? I once did good an question. arena football game. At Palais Omnisport between wow. the Memphis Pharaohs and the Milwaukee Mustangs. How about that? There you go. That's the good stuff. <laughs> I still miss live local and late breaking. That's Keith. right. <laughs> we still used to have the Predators here in Orlando, but we, you know, we don't have them. I, I miss going to the arena games every once in a while. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they're long since gone here. Yeah, it was a long way to go to watch bad football. I can assure you. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> 
Keith, I want to get back to the uh, Grizzlies because in addition to all of the injuries, uh, the Grizzlies did make moves um, uh, yesterday. Vince Williams Jr. was signed to a three-year deal, and also uh, because of that, uh, they waived Bismack Biombo. Uh, on one hand, what do you think of what Vince Williams has been able to do for the Grizzlies this year and what this contract means for both him and the Grizzlies? And then on the other side, Maybe waving, the story of the year it, for the Grizzlies. It, it really might be. But on the other side of that, Keith, Bismack Biombo being waived, they brought him in to be a big. They now have one open two-way contract. I know you wrote about some intriguing two-way guys, um, I think, last week. Is there a guy that kind of sticks out to you, maybe a big man, that the Grizzlies could go out and, and, and sign to a two-way contract that could be an addition for them? Yeah, I think a guy who would make a lot of sense for them might be a guy like Trey Jemison, who is playing for the Birmingham squadron right now. He is a big, athletic guy. He he, he is kind of your um, throwback big in that he stays around the basket, block shots, rebounds, and he dunks. He doesn't do a yeah. lot else. He's not not out there trying to shoot threes and that. But he's a really athletic player. He's tough. I like this kid from Mexico City too. His name's Juan Miranda. Uh, he's very young. He's extremely raw. He follows everything that moves. So you got to be very careful with him. But on a two way contract, he could be somebody that you bring in and, and see. All right, let, let's you know, bring this guy in as a developmental guy and see what it looks like. I also wouldn't be surprised if. They end up going the hardship route now that they've got, again, you've got Smart out, Adams out, Clark out, uh, Morant out. I think they got to wait about four or five days to get there. Those guys have been out of enough games. They can get another hardship spot. And maybe they bring Biombo back that way and say, hey, we're just going to bring you right back and, and bring you in on a contract that way because I know they were very happy with him. They liked what he did for the team. But for now, it's going to be, hey, let's get by with the guys we got and kind of figured out. Now, Vince Williams, they asked about him. I, well, well earned for Vince Williams. Yeah. He has been terrific for the Grizzlies. I don't know if, I think I think maybe nationally some people have tuned out a little bit on Memphis, but he is a kid who plays extremely hard. He's defended, rebounded, bigger than his size. He, he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up, and he's actually shot it okay this year. That was always going to kind of be the question with him, so I, I think you know Memphis did well to get get him kind of locked in there, but bring him in the, the full long term. And now they've got him on a very team friendly contract for the next yeah. few years, and that's going to be important as the rest of the roster gets more and more expensive as they build it out. Keith, much loved, much Keith, much loved and much respected here in Memphis. Darko Rajakovich, he, he he won here last Wednesday night, and then he lost his mind the other night in Los Angeles. He got hit with twenty five thousand dollar. Fine, you knew that was coming. Uh, you just, you just can't, you, you can't go to the game. You can't go. The games are fixed. Yeah, and you know that. Yeah, you, you, you even remotely suggest that you're going to get him. You know, and, and he yeah. got, he got the, the fine, and you, we'll see you know, where it goes. But I bet you, he walked back in that locker room, and as soon as his guys have seen us, they're like, "Thanks, coach, you had our back." And that's all sure that really matters. That's that's going to be like like one of my favorite movies from from. Uh, you know, back back in the day a little bit, but Mighty Ducks two when the uh, kid gets the uh, the, the penalty because he starts beating up yeah. on the big guys from Iceland, he says two minutes well worth it. Like that's, yeah. that's what it is, right at twenty five k well worth it. Uh, you know for for Darko because he he did what he had to do to take care of his team. Now I also don't know that he was wrong. Twenty three to two in a single quarter of a free throw discrepancy that's out of control. Now you can say. They were intentionally yeah. following, and they were. But you're not eight of those out of there. It's still fifteen to two. 
You know, one, who wants to watch a free throw shooting competition like that? I tell people all the time, if you love free throw shooting, go to your local CYO. They host a free throw shooting competition just about every week. You can watch the kids, you know, shoot free throws. But nobody wants to watch that on the big stage. No, not at all. Uh, Keith, uh, speaking of the Raptors, I'm curious. We, we talked last week about the trade they made with the New York Knicks, a, a big trade, uh, really the biggest one we've seen in the NBA this season. And really, I thought the Raptors have played well. They've won three games since that, and the three losses they've had, they've been very competitive in all of those. The Knicks are playing good basketball right now. Uh, is it Can, can we reasonably say that both teams uh, kind of came out better in the deal and that this is uh, that, that kind of it's a better deal for for all the players that were involved in this trade yeah i mean we're we're still a long way from writing the history of that one let's see what and quickly do on their next contracts and the like but yeah i think as it looks you know in the moment and then even more so since this feels like a win-win trade it feels like both sides Mm -hmm. got got what they needed it put the knicks into a player who's just a better fit for them and ananobi uh precious the two is going to turn out to be a big player for them as their backup center and then for the Raptors, this sets them on a different direction, and that's fine. They, they kind of needed to do that a little bit. You had to start moving things in a slightly different way, and, and they're able to do that now with Emmanuel quickly. They're basically locked into him as a starter, and R.J. Barrett is going to be a pretty good player for them too as well. So, yeah, I feel like this is definitely a win-win trade, and, and we'll see where the contracts go from here. One of the things that Darko said the other night in his frustration is the Lakers had to have this game. They're in a lot of have-to-have games. Yeah. Uh, if they were in that the other night, they're in it tonight at home against Phoenix, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. They, they are in a spot not all that dissimilar to last season where it is, hey, we can't afford bad loss. we got to get these wins. We, we have to stack wins, especially in the home games. We've got to take care of those. Then go out and get a few road games and we'll be okay. But they're in a fight right now. Golden State, they're stumbled. But they're not out of it. Utah, though, hanging right in there. They're, they're putting the pressure on. you got Phoenix still in the mix there, and Houston's not going away. So, you know, if you're the Lakers and you're hoping, all right, maybe we can get up and out of the playing tournament, you've got a lot of work to do. Cause there's a pretty good amount of ground to make up uh, to catch the teams in front of them. So they've, got, they, they've really got to try to figure it out to make it happen. But, you know, for the most part, I think the Lakers, you know, we'll see. Maybe they've got another big set of trade deadline moves in them that's going to turn them into – a very good team again, but right now the look that team looks like yeah they're okay, but I, I don't know that I'd be putting any kind of big money on them to beat anybody in a postseason series just because I, I don't feel like that's where they are and that's not how they're built. They enter a game thirty nine tonight, nineteen and nineteen through thirty eight games. Last year through thirty eight games they were seventeen and twenty one, so it's not much difference. Yeah, they're basically right in the same spot, and, and the difference is this year. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have not missed time. They've been right. <laughs> This is really, you're in a spot where it is, all right, we're scraping 500. Our best guys have been around. And, you know, how are we going to make it better? Really, the only real answer, I know Lakers fans like to scream. The, rest, the real answer is, you know, fire Darvin Ham and, you know, I, I don't know, hire Phil Jackson again or some other nonsense yeah. that they dream up. But, but I think it's more, you know, you, you're going to have to make some roster changes because the roster is not yeah. well built. They, they, they're struggling uh, there to get production outside of James and Davis. They're there every night. Everybody else on the roster, they're very much coming down. 
there hadn't been any notable injuries, and certainly not to the two big pieces, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron, but they have missed some games from Hashimura, who I affectionately called last year during our playoff series here, Kareem Abdul Hashimura, because <laughs> he looked so good against the Grizzlies. Yeah, he did play really well in the playoffs last year, but this year, yeah, he's been he's been dinged up. He hasn't had the same kind of run. You know, he, he caught some you know magic there in the playoffs and played pretty well, but it, it's been it's been a struggle for him. D'Angelo Russell hasn't been very good. Austin Reeves hasn't been the same guy, and then. The guys they signed over the offseason, yeah, Gabe Vincent has missed a ton of time, but Gabe Vincent's a backup point guard. You know, it, it's funny, I, I, you guys know right there in Memphis, nobody wants to hear it about your injury. Like, hit, hit the road yeah. with that. You, you've got James and Davis, you should be winning more games than, you know, sitting at 500. Yeah, every time we get a, a release from the team, it looks like, you know, just the worst-case medical report you, you can imagine. Keith, this is something I can't prove. But I felt it a little in those games last summer at, at the at the World Cup. Do, do you think do you think Austin Reeves may have had some confidence rattled with everybody blowing by him like a scarecrow with that? Yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of that, and I think now he's no longer any kind of surprise. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. knows he can play, so he gets guys to at him, uh, especially on defense. They, they you know, or when he's on defense. Teams are content to go right at him. Boston did it on Christmas Day. They, they went right at him, started hunting him out. And it, and it was funny because the Lakers were trying to switch. But then the Celtics said, okay, cool, you picked up Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, do it. Derek White, you go at him. All right, now now you switch on to a big Al Horford. You can take him for a couple plays. That's what teams are doing. They're basically saying that whoever he's guarding, that's the guy we're going to go to. The other piece of it is on the other end of the floor, He's not catching anybody off guard anymore. Everybody knows he can play on offense. So now defenders, they stay a little closer to him. It's just been a little bit harder, but, you know, he's going to have to adjust and figure it out, or he's going to have to settle into a spot where guys help him a little bit more. And right now the Lakers just don't have the guys to help him out. Yeah. Uh, Keith, uh, I saw earlier today that the uh, NBA denied uh, the uh, the $7.8 million disabled player exemption uh, to the Knicks for the loss of uh, Mitchell Robinson, and they've really been having a lot of injuries in their pr- front court with him and, and, and Jericho Sims, and really Isaiah Hardenstein has really had to step up uh, and give the Knicks some big minutes over the last couple of months, and he'll be a free agent after this season. How vital has he been for this Knicks who's been, the Knicks have been playing very well lately how big has he been and with him being a free agent this offseason and you know a lot of teams need a, a center like him uh what does this mean for his future this kind of role that he's had to step into with the knicks yeah he has been awesome for them and, and there's been a thought kind of for a couple years now you can go back to when he was with the clippers that isaiah hart signs a top tier you know one of the top two three backup centers and probably mm-hmm. could be an okay starting center. And now what he's showing is, hey, I can start. Like, I can be there. And what that may mean is, instead of the Knicks getting him back on, you know, a kind of a sweetheart kind of deal, where it's like, <laughs> all right, hey, we're going to give you $15, 16000000 million, and we'll take care of you or something like that. On the back end, we may see a team come right out and say, no, nah, we're going to give you $25 million right off the jump. Wow. And just plug you in, because that's just where we're headed. It's, you know, I know $25 million sounds like a huge number, but it's nowhere close to a max contract anymore. That's right. a, you know, that, that's well below max, and that's that's what you pay good starters in this league now. So I think we're in a spot where you know the Knicks are probably going to do what they can to try to retain him. 
and then we'll go from there, you know, with that. But, yeah, it, it's a tricky spot because Mitchell Robinson, the league did the right thing denying it. The Knicks did the right thing by asking uh, for, mm-hmm. for the disabled player exception. But what we're going to see now is Harden sign holds it down, Achua, you know, does what he does, and then maybe Mitchell Robinson can get back uh, for a playoff run. And then all of a sudden, if you're the Knicks, you're like, damn, we're deep in a lot of options here at the bottom. <laughs> Keith, I'm very sorry we haven't asked you about this, about your beloved ancestral home with your New England Patriots. How did you take today? Have you taken the news? Have you taken the the going in different directions of of the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick? Yeah, it's one of those things where it, you kind of knew what was coming, whether it was this year or somewhere soon. Like, like it felt like it had been headed in that direction for a while. And for me, it's... It, I am forever going to appreciate everything they did. I, I grew up with most years, other than they, they had a couple really kind of out-of-nowhere seasons where they made runs to the Super Bowl. But other than that, they were like the leading joke on the nightly news every fall because it was just an easy way to get a laugh. It was, yeah, the Patriots lost again. And, you know, here's you know, some funny thing they did because they were terrible. So the 20-year run that they had with Belichick and Brady – it's, you know, it, it was as special as it was unexpected. And personally, it's been, that's been a big connection for me to home has been that team. That's, I talk to my dad every Sunday at halftime of the game and then after the game. And, you know, we do our own little breakdown. And they've been a little shorter and a little, little less, uh, excited about it the last couple of seasons. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, how we connect every day. And, you know, it, it, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it makes me appreciate that part of it too. That because they became what they became, and a big part of that because of Coach Belichick is that allowed me to really, you know, build that connection with my dad as I moved away from home and you know lived here in Florida and lived in California for a while and some other places too. It's, it's been a way that you know we've always had that. So that that's something I'll always be there. You know, now we're just going to do it talking and complaining about some other coach that we could do the job better. <laughs> That's right. That's that's how it goes in, in New England with the Patriots. But, uh, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Fun as always, and uh, we'll do it again next week. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thank Keith. you, Keith. Thank you so much. And I knew Keith wanted to, to visit about his Patriots, and they took him on a lot of good ride, and we get to big number of the day. It, it's some stunning numbers yeah. of, of, of those nine Super Bowl appearances by Belichick. Eight of them may have – you could put those eight – Except for the thirteen to three win over the Rams down at Mercedes Benz in Atlanta, those other eight. If you started there with the top eight Super Bowls and just started with those, mm-hmm. you'd be close enough. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, there, there, there have been a lot of great yeah. Super Bowls, but those eight were were phenomenal. At the commissary, you can get the Memphis style barbecue that we've come to. We, you know, you get Memphis barbecue, uh, the Memphis way, the, the Memphis style, the slow cooked way at either location at the Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar or the original in Germantown. Since 1981, you can get that great food. And if you're craving an easier way to order, you can text commissary right now to 33733. Start that barbecue feast with appetizers. Go slow. Be patient. Have the smoked chicken wings, then try the tamales, the cheese plate, the barbecue nachos that are a staple of every watch party and every sporting event you can think of now. That's where they were invented. That's where it was created in the early 80s by Walker Taylor and his team. Dig into the ribs of the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides, deviled eggs, slaw, beans, and you can order it by the pound or a six-pack or an eight-pack or a 12-pack. 
and the desserts like the strawberry cake, the lemon ice box pie, the banana pudding, and with this cold weather coming through, the Brunswick stew. Get plenty to go to that warm food to keep you warm during these cold days ahead. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown, the party areas, the orders to go, tailgating. One of these days we'll get back out on the patio at, at the commissary at, at Houston Levy and Poplar, but all, either location for all the Memphis barbecue that you want, they've got it. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, we're live at Sissy's Log Cabin for their official grand opening for their new standalone location at 4542 Poplar Avenue right here inside the Laurelwood Shopping Center. You can't miss it. You're driving down Poplar. Uh, you'll be able to see this new beautiful building. So make sure you get over here. We'll be here till 6 o'clock with this location Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. You're going to want to make sure you stop by here and check out everything they've got over here. But we need to get to a break. It's been a, a very busy uh, last 24 hours, so it's about this time uh, yesterday when the world learned uh, that Nick Saban would be retiring from Alabama. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about really everything that's happened over the last 24 hours, what we're hearing about Alabama in terms of who their next head coach could be. We'll do that next on Sports Time. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. We're live here at Sissy's Log Cabin, their new standalone location at 4542 Poplar Avenue right here inside the Laurelwood Shopping Center. We're here till 6 o'clock. Make sure you stop by. I know a lot of people getting ready to be off work for the afternoon, so stop by. Say hello. We're going to be giving away uh, Tiger tickets so, uh, for next week's game against uh, USF, so make sure you come register for those, and uh, and we'll be drawing uh, later in the show, and you'll get those. Competitive game, <laughs> but it could be. I mean, they're a little better than I thought they, they, they are. And, and Brad, at this point, um, the way conference play started out, I think every game is going to be a little competitive. And, and I, I don't have a. I, I still think this is a bad conference. Yeah, I still think there are two driving forces in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm now open to. Okay, could this possibly be three teams? Mm. Memphis, FAU, SMU. Hmm. Tulane, mm. a lot of there. Tulane, I mean, they've got a big one tonight. They've got a uh, FAU at home tonight. 
I don't see UAB. I, I really, I really can't see more than than two in, in this conference right now. Even even with how some of these teams have been competitive, unless they win, I don't see uh, an, an an at large coming anywhere else other than other than Memphis and FAU. But but you know, with that being said, Tulane they've got uh, FAU tonight at home. That could be a, a very big game, a, a huge one, um, and especially what kind of FAU. It's kind of the same same track as what Memphis has been doing. A very good team has beat some really quality. Um, that you know. They were just coming off a win against uh, uh, Arizona in Las Vegas, and then kind of struggled against East Carolina. Were able to put them away late, then you know lose at Charlotte. Now you've got um, Tulane. I mean, we know what that coaching staff at Tulane can do, um, especially there. Yeah, so I mean that's going to be a, a big one. I think that one's on what ESPN two tonight. It's um, on. It's it's on somewhere. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, ESPN two tonight. So that's going to be a big one um, that a lot of people uh, should be keeping up with. Twenty four hours ago. Was the breaking news yeah. of Nick Saban retiring at Alabama? And far and wide, it was reported that Greg Barnes said, "We'll have a coach yeah. in seventy-two hours." Cue the twenty-four sounder from Jack yeah. Howard. Clock's yeah. ticking, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, twenty-four down, forty-eight to go. That's right, and it's getting you know it's getting close. And I know uh, you know you were saying yesterday that that you were hearing um, from people you know that that was the case, and then you know it became confirmed. more confirmed uh, on, on social media that that's what they were looking to do. But now you know, and and I really do think Brett, they all thought. Dan Lanning's our guy. We're going to go out. We're going to, you know, Dan Lanning's going to want to come here, and this is going to be over like that, and it didn't work out. It is such a minefield for the modern AD out there in that we either think we know Mm -hmm. or we really know everybody's business out there in sports. (laughs) That's right. I've jokingly said you you could change these names for everybody. If you want to find out everything going on in the Alabama world, mm-hmm. go to Auburn Twitter. Right. If you want to know everything in the Auburn world, go to Bama Twitter. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the Egg Bowl world. Sure. Same thing in in a lot in Texas and Texanium. That's a lot of places. Don't 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 get offended by it. And 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 I I, I take no offense in it. But I do think it, it it came as a little bit of a shocker that Dan Lanning yeah quickly. Turned it down. Now that, that that was better than playing them a couple of days, mm-hmm. and they may have told him this is not something to sleep on. Right, right. You want our job or not? You either take it now or, or we're moving. And on. his buyout was is extremely large, twenty million. That's a lot of money. If Bama wanted him that bad. That'd be that's hey, no, yeah. that's, that's no problem. Yeah, no, they would have they would have they would have done it if they if they really wanted him that bad. But you know, now where do they go? I know uh in Brett I think it's so funny and we've talked about this before. One of my favorite things is the uh is the flight tracking because I think it's the most ridiculous thing yeah. um in terms of, of social media when it comes to, to college football. I, I, that's really what I want to do with my life. I want to be flight tracker uh-huh. guy or rules guy watching a PGA uh, tournament yes, yes, and call yes. in and you know Rule thirty-one dash C subsection X. You know the ball moved. But someone right now is is sitting at home watching the Sony Open and and making sure that uh that nobody's breaking the rules. Here's my question: <laughs> who, 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 who do you call? I don't know. 
don't know. Uh, PGA no. Tour office well, down to me. Uh, give me the rules, guy. Hey, uh, y'all got to go out there and you. Uh, well, you're right. <laughs> subsection right. of the codicil X. That's right. But no, and, and you would think, especially this, because that's what we got last night. Is that's a person that tattletailed in, that's in right. kindergarten? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, in elementary school for sure. But Brett, yesterday from you know five o'clock to to midnight last night, I saw all the pictures on social media of okay, look, this plane from Eugene, and and yesterday was great because we had a flight going from Eugene or somewhere in Oregon around Eugene to Tuscaloosa and then also it was being reported that Oregon was supposed to be having a players meeting the following day and that it had been pushed back two hours and people were saying well look this plane's going back up there and, and that would you know the, when it's supposed to land that would time out for the two hour and that that, that makes sense you know this is it well now Brett we're, we're, we're doing more flight tracking today because um, there has now been seen a flight that's going um, direct trip from Seattle to Tuscaloosa, and so of course people are saying that Caleb that DeBoer. is a flight with the boar going down to interview for the Alabama job. Well, it could be. Kalen DeBoer certainly has impressed a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in, in the short stint at, at Washington. I, I'm seeing kind of the theater of, of the absurd, though, yeah. some other names out there, including Tommy Reese yeah. uh, being elevated from offensive coordinator to, to head coach. The defensive coordinator, help me with his first name, is it Glenn Schumann? Glenn Schumann. At, at, at Georgia. Uh, that That's very surprising. Mm-hmm. But the real stunner is Mike Loxley from Maryland. Yeah. I, I know liked on that staff. You know, went through the kind of Saban coaching rehabilitation division there and, and came out the other side after a abominable job. Mm-hmm. Such a poor job turned in when he was at UVA, and now he's doing pretty well yeah. at, at Maryland in the Big Ten and did okay this year with Talia Tungvaloa. But that that would be a shocker. Uh, he, he, he would be on a real short notice if he's there. A very interesting set of dominoes that could fall is if it's Mike Norvell. Yeah, that would be, wow. Florida State would almost have to hire Deion Sanders. <laughs> they would. Wow, that would be, uh, that would be, that would be wild, Brett. And it would be fair to ask, other than we think he's going to be good, we know he was great, mm-hmm. we know he's Florida State Seminole through and through, yep. but what has he won at, at the FBS yeah. level as a head coach to merit being the Florida State football coach? Right. May, may not have to have much more than he has. I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't think you do. I think you can sell Dion to, to Florida State. Well, um, easily. It, very easily. But, but, Brent, you know, back to and, – And he said today that – in in this year, twenty twenty four, he's going to be unbridled. He's going to speak his mind. Okay. Have we had the Have we had the taciturn deal yeah, through say, the I years? Didn't, I didn't know we had the uh, soft spoken deal. Have we had the low key uh-huh, deal through right. all these huh. years? Interesting. I, I never knew we had the the the, the shy roof. Well, I'm really excited for twenty twenty four. If that was you know not not speaking his mind, if, I'm if really we excited. We were getting the B version. Now uh-huh. he's really going to go. Right. All guns blaring. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brett, you know, back to, to Tommy Reese, you know, and I understand this offense looked much better as the season went on and, and was pretty good late in the season. But, Brett, this was not a popular hired offensive coordinator when a it was year. made. And midway through the season, Brett, people wanted him fired. When, when it got awkward this time last year, and I think in the coaching fraternity circles, a lot of people passed on the Bama offensive coordinator job this time last year, mm-hmm. fearing that what what has been happening <laughs> the last 24 hours yeah. would be happening, 
Anyway, certainly nothing to feel sorry about, but they're, they're humans too. Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I, okay, last year, Tommy Reese gets the job. Probably his, if he has children, I don't even know if he does. Uh, children, family stays back in South Bend completing the school year. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't move them out, you know, in, in late January. Right. He finally gets them down there May, June, probably already been house, uh, shopping. They, they find the house and, now the for sale yard sign goes out there now. Yeah, that, I think that's why a lot of people passed this time last year, and also why I think Nick Saban had to turn to trusted old friend, old hand for the defensive side mm. in Kevin Steele. This move uh, m- yeah. more than 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 <laughs> moving companies have moved. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting, and uh, I mean, you know, you look around social media, and and you know who's the favorite now, who it is. You know, it's it, you'll see. Different names. I mean, I've seen DeBoer, I've seen Norvell. I, you know, I don't think anybody after kind of going back to what we've been saying, we've been coming back to it really all day. Of, I don't think anybody saw us sitting here saying, "Well, it's not Dan Lanning now." Who? Brian, for you, all joking aside, and we talk about Johnny. I want you. I want your thoughts. Y'all are both proud University of Memphis graduates, and you, you, you bring. You bring that broadcast journalism department that I know is really good mm-hmm. through all the years of people that I've worked with. Y'all bring, yeah, they, they should feel a lot of pride for what they have pr- produced in y'all and yeah. what I know in other people they produced in. As loyal Tigers, what do, how, how do you feel about either Dan Lanning's name being mentioned yeah. or Mike Norvell's being mentioned? Does that, is that a source of pride, or is it is it just all the football business? Right, take a swing. At I mean, I, I think it should be a source of pride. I mean, I think when you look, and, and I think certainly probably more Mike Norvell than Dan Lanning because you know he was the head coach at Memphis, and and you know Lanning was was a a, co- a coordinator, a, a, a position coach. Yeah, but I think I think it's huge, and I think you look you know really around the country now, and just the coaches that have come from. The University of Memphis, or has spent time at the University of Memphis. I mean, you can look at four or five different programs. Well, it's produced. It, it really has that have those head coaching ties to Memphis, and I, I think that should be a source of pride. How do you feel, John? Uh, I feel I feel like like Brian said, it's a source of pride. Especially, I think that'd be a great fit that Mike Norvell do go there. Just knowing him mm-hmm. as a as a person, like his character and everything, he he brings that energy, man. And I feel like he will just fit in Tuscaloosa. Well, here's the thing, Brett and Johnny. You know, uh, Mike Norvell was very open to wanting to set up Memphis and, and Florida yes, State. Yeah, I mean, if, if the move happens, do we see him Memphis? Him in Memphis. In the they, they sure have. So, I mean, I, I don't know, but you, you know, I, I think uh, I, I love Mike Norvell. I, I set out in the rain, and I think Jay Barker's first really? start <laughs> wow. at, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Good Lord. Late in the '91 season, I think it was his first. Yeah. Co- his first or second college start. But you know, Mike Norvell has done a really good job, and, and for Mike Norvell, you know, he does it a, uh, a kind of a or he has done it kind of a different way when he started at Florida State. It took a couple of years to get there. Now, obviously, um, Alabama's at a different spot than Florida State was at. Right when, uh, running. Yes, um, you know, I, it's it's it'd be interesting if he was named the head coach. Um, but I would certainly um, be in favor of that. I would. We'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, like we've been saying they want to make a move fast they want to have something done uh, by the end of the weekend so we'll see if that happens and, and just how fast they will move but let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back it'll be time for big number of the day add a little fun to your lunch break join johnny radio 
for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. Poor Big Guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. Well, Brett, I have four big numbers today, um, and all of them include the number four. How about that? So I'm just going to, I'm going to roll through them. I've got one. And it's 44. Is it really? Oh, Brett, we might have the same big number. No way. There's I, no way. I think we do. No. Okay. Don't look at my, don't look no, at my there's, feet. There's no way. All right. My first big number. It's a Nick Saban big number. 44 is my big number. Under Nick Saban, Alabama has more players drafted in the first round. 44. I was really close to that, but it is not mine. They have more players. Wow, I'm surprised. They have more players drafted in the first round. 44 players have been drafted in the first round from Alabama under Nick Saban. Then it has losses under Nick Saban. 29. I sure didn't have that. Wow. That is incredible. That, My second big number. I'm sorry, Johnny. That's mine. Hey, hey, man. I just in all of that number right there, hey, bro. Cool. Well, well, <laughs> well, just wait. House, we, we, have, we have three more numbers, so don't 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 get ahead and of I yourself. I was trying to sway the jury during the break, wasn't I, Brian? <laughs> you were. My second big number, number four. During Nick Saban's 17 years at Alabama, if you played for four years at the University of Alabama, you were guaranteed to win at least one national championship. Every single player that played four seasons under Nick Saban won at least one national championship. That is incredible to think. It really is. That's unbelievable. My third big number, and we're getting away from Nick Saban now, four again. See, I, I think I'm losing today in the totality. Totality. I've got a lot of big numbers. I mean, there's so much good stuff coming out. Uh, four is my third big number. It's the first time ever that four of the top five teams uh, in college basketball have lost to unranked teams in a span of two days. We've seen some craziness over the last 48 hours. We, we really could. And then my final big number, 40. I really just threw this in. I heard it this afternoon. I had to bring it up because it's just a great number. Brett, you know how much I love Iowa football. It's a different style of football, one that is not appreciated enough. Since 2020, my final big number, 40. Since 2020, Caitlin Clark, the unbelievable uh, women's basketball player for the University of Iowa, Caitlin Clark has 10 40-point games since 2020. That is unbelievable, Brett. Iowa football? Only four 40-point games since 2020. How about that? Oh, great numbers, man. you on fire today. Thank you, John. I don't know if I can beat that, but I'm sure going to try. Here's yeah. mine. My big number is 44. Okay. That's the number of points that Bill Belichick has won and lost nine Super Bowls oh, by. He's won six by a total of 29 points. He's lost three by a total of 15 points. So about a five-point average in all the wins and all the losses, and it goes to show just how narrow it all is. He 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 could be nine and zero. The only the only one he lost badly was the Philly Philly play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost forty-one thirty-three into that in that one. That not a, I, I was at that one. Not a single defensive play was made all day until the late sack on Brady. That's the really that's the biggest blowout. Mm-hmm. His biggest win was by ten 
over the Rams, 13-3, over Jared Goff and Sean McVay down in Atlanta. And that's the only ho-hum of the nine Super Bowls. Think of these Super Bowls. The, the first one, when they were America's darling, yep. coming off of 9-11 down at the Superdome, you 2 at halftime, and, <laughs> and you know the, the big video of showing all the names that had, had perished yeah. uh, at, at, at the World Trade Center. That, that, that was just a, a wild win, 20-17. The Janet Jackson game, they win by three. The T.O. performance beating the Eagles by three. Okay. If the Eagles win, T.O. may have should have been MVP in defeat that day. <laughs> the goal line play, I was at that game in Phoenix when they beat the Seahawks by four. The overtime game in Houston, I was at that game, the only overtime in Super Bowl history when they beat the Falcons by six. I, I was at three of the Patriots Super Bowls. That's incredible. Of, of his nine. Two wins, Seahawks, Atlanta, and the one loss against uh, the Eagles in Minneapolis. Wow, that's incredible. But you mentioned U2. How, how much U2 do you have on your on your iPad? Do you really? You're a, a big bunch. U2 guy. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and well, one of my favorite nights of my life, non-sports, they played here summer of 98, hmm. 99 or so, and the late, great George Klein yeah. got, got me the invitation out to Graceland after <laughs> the concert. That they showed and played, and they did three songs. They did Desire, In the Name of Love, and Mysterious Ways wow. out there that night. Just one of the great nights ever. Wow. The only U2 I've ever had on my phone, I don't know if you remember this. Johnny might remember this, but when I was in high school, they, U2 put they, out an album. They put them on your it was Yes, it was in collaboration with huh? Apple, and so it was automatically on everybody's iPhone. I didn't want those. I didn't either. And, and the I, problem I remember the U2 that, I want on my phone. But the problem with it was, the biggest problem, at least between me and, and all of my friends, is whatever, one of the songs on the albums, I don't remember if it started with an A or if it started with a number, but whatever it was, it became the first song on your song list. And so if your phone connected through Bluetooth yeah. to your car, the you, back, you would, it would blast. Back in that day, it would just start the first song that was on your on your songs list, and it would always be that song. And so you'd get someone's car, and you'd be like, "Oh, you're a big U two guy." And they go, "No, no, no, no not it's just, at all. It's just the song it, it that plays." A lot of people off. It did. It did. I I think it really back. I wasn't familiar with U two before then, and then when that happened, I was like, I, "I'm not. I'm so not U two anymore." A real quick, great U two story. So in '92, on the Mysterious Ways tour. They were playing in Dallas at Texas Stadium okay. on a Friday night, and at that time, Little Rock had a what was it? Was it Southwest? I think it was Southwest. I mean, literally had like a twenty-five dollar round trip ticket. It was wow. nineteen ninety-two, and twenty-five dollars. No, it wasn't much money then. <laughs> and and I drove to I rode to Little Rock with a friend of mine, and flew to Dallas. Went to the concert on Friday night. Flew back on Saturday. To Dallas, and then that night went to see Ole Miss in Arkansas wow. at War Memorial. Ole Miss shut out the Razorback seventeen to nothing, and rode home on the St. Francis County wow. Razorback Club bus. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, ninety two was before I quit drinking. Uh, ninety three, I was moving time. in mysterious ways. That uh, weekend. <laughs> yes, you were. But speaking of Arkansas, we haven't mentioned in Arkansas another loss for their basketball team last night, um, and uh, really, really struggling. They are. Um, since the Tigers they, have played they, them, they have no they have no offensive identity, mm-hmm. and at this point in the year, it's time to start finding that everybody get the hell out of the way yeah. and clear out and let this guy work. 
And I just don't think Arkansas's got that guy. No, they don't. And if you hadn't found him by now, I don't know yeah. if you're going to find him. Yeah, and last night on the road against Georgia, 76-66 loss. And uh, now, I mean, that is uh, the first two games of SEC play have both been uh, double-digit losses. Um, and now they've got Florida, a good Florida team that, that I was really impressed with what, what Ole Miss did um, against Florida last night. But they go um, on the road to Florida before seeing Texas a no, no, in Oxford. No, 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 I'm saying yeah. for I'm saying for Arkansas, oh, they go on the road you're, to Florida. Um, yeah, Ole Miss was at home last night, and I was extremely impressed um, with that performance from the Rebels. But we need to go ahead and wrap up this hour and get to a break. Let me remind everybody, we're at Sissy's Log Cabin, 4542 Poplar Avenue in the Laurelwood Shopping Center for their official grand opening. Still time uh, to stop by. Maybe you're getting off work here at 5 o'clock. Stop by, say hello, and check out um, everything they've got going on here at Sissy's log cabin a beautiful collection uh with a, a ton of great lines rolex cartier um facets of fire i mean they've got some great things over here at sissy's log cabin so make sure you stop by but let's get to a break and when we come back we're talking tigers with greg gaston <laughs> 